Hello and welcome to Blooming Abroad, a podcast where we look deeper into the lives of Cullen, that's me, and Sarah, that's me, two ordinary Jesus followers trying to make a difference in Central and Eastern Europe. Welcome back to the Blooming Abroad podcast. Hello, hello, hello. We're here for episode nine, and um, we're sitting in our empty apartment. Yeah, so if you if it sounds a little more echoey, uh, that is why, because <laughs> it's more echoey and empty. Yeah. So the sun is shining uh, here in Hungary. We've had a couple days of some pretty heavy snowfall, which is... Uh, actually a pretty rare thing these days in Hungary and we feel like it's just a special gift for our final um final days here in Hungary to get us uh get us in the mood for our our Michigan temperatures and Michigan weather that we're coming back to in just a couple yeah. days yeah it's really preparing our hearts and our minds for Christmas it's very magical yeah it was also pretty special to see uh, our kids during youth group, we had snowball fights with just pretty much all of the people that we love the most. Yeah, maybe missing a yeah missing a couple, but most everyone was there for youth group. Our final youth group uh, this past Wednesday, and we got to have a big snowball fight with the kids. And we had uh, our friends Richie and Marchi. Um, that's their Hungarian names, but it's Richard and Miriam. They're the Australian couple that we just met a couple months ago and have really quickly become really close friends. They're from Australia and they don't get snow. Right now it's their summer season, so this was like extra special to see their faces um and you know get get throw get a couple throw, uh, snowballs thrown at me from from Richie. Yeah, it was really cool to experience like snowfall with them for the first time. They've been skiing before, but to live in a place where snow is falling was unique for them. Uh, this is kind of appropriate, but they were like little kids on Christmas morning. It was really quite magical. Their laughs, I mean, just driving down the street and, um, yeah. you know, snow just coming straight at your windshield and the windshield wipers. We've all, Most all of us have had that experience, but they, they never have. So that was pretty magical, as you said, Sarah. So this is a, you know, this is a special week for us for many reasons, but podcast related. Um, we were a couple of days late. We we aimed at getting this episode in last week, but I, well, I'm sure. I think if you qualify your weeks and you start them on Sunday, I think we recorded last Sunday. So it's technically the next week. I don't know if that works. Maybe I, think, I got my dates wrong, but you know, it's technicality. I think it works both ways. <laughs> I think it leads better into, we'll say, bonus week for you all. Yeah. Blooming Abroad podcast bonus week because we're going to record an episode and release it here for you. Uh, it will be Monday for you guys when you wake up. And and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get episode 10. We'll get episode 10 out um, within the last hours probably of us being here in Hungary. Uh, I mean, yeah, so far it's, it's been, uh, so far it's been a pretty busy kind of few days. And so if you don't hear from us on Thursday, we're still okay. Um, and we, we will, um, make sure we try to get an episode out to you guys as quickly as possible. Yes. So eh. 
Oh, babe. Thank you, sir. You're... No, I just don't want to promise things. It's been a crazy week for us. It's been a crazy couple weeks. Why don't we? And that's all I want. That's all I wanted to do. Why don't we just talk about that for a second? Because yes. you guys are, you know, this has been this podcast. I think is has been a way for you guys to feel connected to us. And I love this medium. Mm-hmm. If we if we weren't so crazy busy, which I hate that word, but genuinely in the past, it was like we, we went home for Christmas last year. And that was when kind of the conception of this podcast started of like, wow, these newsletters take so much time. Uh, the website is a beast, um, which we're happy to and we happily have continued to update. And give you guys, you know, insights and in, in that written form. But this podcast just feels different, right? Mm-hmm. Totally does. And I'm sitting here talking and like, you know, the first few minutes, it's like you get through your like broadcaster voice. Um, and then you settle down and you just, it's just like a switch in me kind of switches where I'm like, it really feels like, I love this scene from Harry Potter in the last movie. It's been out for over, you know, decades, so there's no spoilers here, but <laughs> you know, he's gotta he's gotta face he's gotta face Voldemort and he knows there's a sacrifice that needs to happen. But all of his family members, uh everybody who would be there to support him, they show up kind of in what would you say, like like spirit form. Like in spirit form. They're there with him in spirit to give him like their presence is the only thing they can give him. He physically has to go through what's coming. He has to face what's next. But they were there with him in spirit. And it was a special scene. One of my favorite scenes. I think the, the, in the movie they did an amazing job. Um, yeah, I just reread that book a few weeks ago. Well, re-listened to it. And um, it really got me emotional this time. That part was really special. We'll be with you till the end. That's what, that's what his mom says. We'll be with you till the end. Um, and so I don't know, I can't really describe it, but it just feels like when, when we turn the, we flip the laptop open and turn the microphone on, it's like, feels like some of you guys are here with us in spirit. So, um, so yeah, so it's been, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, it's really been a crazy month, crazy in so many good ways. There's definitely been some tough and hard stuff. So unexpected disappointment but then there's been some unexpected and unbelievable moments that we'll we'll remember and hold on to forever so before we talk um kind of the the theme of this episode is to to talk about the upstairs youth center but before we get into that we want to talk about this past month um with you guys a little bit and a lot of the activity in the past month connects right into the story of the upstairs. So it's it's a great natural... I to say that. It was perfect. I think they go well together. For sure. Um, so, uh, Sarah, let's start with like... Um, we'll go like good news, bad news. We'll go like... We'll go with tough stuff. I, I've, I've had this on my mind lately over the past year. Has just been like the reality of not just the Christian life, but also just life. But like this life is um, our, our experience here on earth is, is always um, there's always beauty and there's always pain. 
there's always beautiful things and there's always painful things. Um, and so tell me, Sarah, what, what has been like, what have been some of the painful moments of the past month? I like starting with the bad and ending with the good. That's, that's good. Um, the, the painful things, uh, let's see, we'll start with the, maybe some, kind of the easiest answer, or at least the most expected answer are some of the goodbyes. Um, that is always, I, I b truly believe that is always the hardest part about moving and leaving anywhere, whether it be coworkers, friends, family, whatever it is. And to be honest, a lot of our friends here have very much been, become like a second family to us, our second Hungarian family. Um, it's hard to describe. It's, it's an interesting mixture because we don't always speak the same language. Uh, but sometimes that can bond you in a deeper way, um, or maybe not deeper than family, but just deeper than you would expect from a language barrier relationships. Um, there's also just, you know, the fact that we moved here, just the two of us with Copper. Um, there will always be, if you move to a different country, a sense of loneliness. There's, there's a, you know, you're not in your comfort zone. And so there's a, there's a bonding that happens that's deeper when you're, uh, just quite lonely and somebody comes in and fills that gap for you. Um, there's a bond that forms. I wouldn't go so far as to say trauma bond, but it would be something to that, to that level of like a really hard experience bond together. Um, it's so we've had to do Almost all of our goodbyes, we have a few more coming the next couple of days, but there's past week or, week or two has been lots of goodbyes. Most of them are sad, but positive in the sense of we're leaving with good relationships. But uh, there's been a couple that leads a little bit into the second disappointment. There's been a couple um, people that have... Mm, it didn't end always on a, it didn't end on a good note, I guess. I don't know if you'd say it any differently, but it's, it's hard when you have, um, a lot of people to say goodbye to and a lot of different types of relationships and to end all of them well, it's not impossible by any means, but it's, it's hard to make sure that everything is all in place to just end on a positive note. And so that... That has been a challenge. Um, the desire for harmony and, and having good relationships with everybody here is there. But um, it's really just been one couple that hmm. we've kind of split ways with. And so that was that was and challenging. They're not, they're not high on the list. No, they're not. And we're not, we're not concealing anything. It's, it's our landlords here in our apartment. Yeah. We had a really just unexpected... Um, Run in with uh, some people who we thought were friends. We're here for us. We're here to take care of us. We met and had dinner every month. Um, we paid rent, and ultimately, we kind of we saw behind the curtain. Um, kind of wish we would have paid attention to the signals. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, with with the end of the lease, there's a lot of logistics that you have to work out, and 
unfortunately, it became abundantly clear to us that pretty much this entire time, the the main priority in this relationship was business for them and money. Yep. And that just hurt. That just hurt. And also, it's not fair the way that we had to tie this up. But, you know, there's no perfect way to do that. When you get taken advantage of and you realize it too late in the game, it's always going to sting. Yep. You're always going to feel like you're, you kind of got, you know, the wool pulled over you. But it is what it is. And I think our priority is just to finish that um, relationship up, like, according to our ethics. Um, but... It's been we, we won't have a like farewell dinner, that's for sure. No. Um, so that's been painful for sure and stressful and very angering. Yep, <laughs> and that leads to kind of probably the last, but one. they don't really matter. No, they and I mean that they are they're in the secondary column of our relationships here in Hungary. Yep, and what a blessing it is that we didn't have any right. conflict like that with the people that have mattered the most to us. That's true. So I'm thankful for that. That's true. Me too. Yeah. And I think that leads into kind of the last hard thing, at least for, for, well, I know definitely for us, but for me, um, to answer your question, the, there has been a lot of effort on our parts to give away things, which is fantastic. We love donating things. Um, we work with in a very poor village and we work with nonprofits and we work with social workers. So yeah. That provides a very easy, easy way to donate. It's like we're essentially living with goodwill workers. We could just donate pretty much whatever we want. Yeah. Um, but there are some things, some bigger things that we um, were kind of counting on financially in our projected budget to sell and not just to give away. And so I think... Um, that has been putting more financial stress on us the past few weeks of realizing, you know, we have two nice bikes, we've got a car, some bigger purchases like that, not just, you know, washcloths and silverware um, and dishes and things. Those are those can be given away. No problem. It's just uh, the the budget kind of took a hit in multiple ways. Um unexpected bill and ticket actually um there's been just a lot of unexpected purchases slash bills coming in the past three weeks on top of the rent situation and and our landlord situation we were expecting to get security deposit back but no we owe them money because of essentially made up things and so there's just a there's been a large swing um donations being less than we expected there's just a lot um kind of all coming together in the past i would say three or four weeks so not a long period of time so so that's been painful stress that's pretty painful uh financial stress Uh, oh it's been good for yeah it's been good at times to check our ego and check our motivations I've definitely heard I've I've heard the thought ring through my ears. Uh you know, like we did all this stuff and we we gave all our stuff away. You know, we built all these things and, and then it's like, yeah, well <laughs> hey, newsflash, dude, you didn't build anything. You didn't you didn't none of this was yours. 
without God, you wouldn't have done any of this. You wouldn't even be here. So be careful. Right. And guess what? This money is also his too, that you're not getting that you are getting. Yeah. But whether we have little or whether we have much, uh, you know what? Like he is still there and he is still with us. And I don't mean that like in some passive dismissive way. It's like we've learned that lesson really. Yep. Like we've been on the other side of it. Like Yes, there's been times, especially this past year, like we've been living very tight financially, but while we've been living tight personally, we've been abundantly blessing the people and the yeah. community that we came here to serve. So it's like, it's interesting when we look at our personal account and our business account, mm-hmm. you look at the business account, which is going like injecting life directly into the village. And then the personal account that's like, oh no, what's going to happen in December? And anyways, that's like, actually, it's a hard experience, but it's like, it's painful and it's beautiful. Yep. So, so any, any other painful things or you want to move into some of the beautiful um, moments and experiences? Uh, I think I'm good on the painful things. What about you though? I don't want to be the only one talking about the, the hard yeah. stuff. Certain things. Well, I jumped in with the, with the security deposit stuff. That's still unfortunately fresh i'm trying to get on the other side of that but it's still kind of it's led to like bigger deeper not philosophical but like big picture mm-hmm. kind of lessons that we are trying to grab identity stuff uh, yep identity stuff um yeah i mean a lot of my life i've i've dealt with this kind of passivity or trying to figure out am i like a passive guy like am i just and it's like it's a dangerous inner dialogue with me because you know like it's easy to let something become what it's not and when thankfully like so I had a conversation with these guys our landlords and it was not in English (laughs) um Conflict, um, when you don't share the same native language, is like a, just a brutal experience. It's really hard to describe how difficult it is. And, uh, you know, like, to unpack that is, is something in itself. But, you know, yeah, it was just, um, it was an experience for me that kind of pulled me back into some past questions some moments and experiences from my life where I felt like I kind of took the passive and, and weak road. And I hate to use that word weak, but that's really like, that's really the, the conversation I have with myself. It's yeah. like, am I always going to be like weak? And did I lay down or, you know, could I have fought and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think I did the best that I could, but ultimately it was kind of a setup from the beginning and I couldn't catch up with, with the, the creative strategy that was kind of put in place and I caught up with that too late. And I, I, I don't know how to deal with people that go out of their way to kind of, like, I don't understand how, how people can, can take so much effort and energy to try to take advantage of other people. And, and I was telling my dad the other day that kind of chatting with him about the situation briefly. And I said, I don't know that I ever want to become a person that, goes throughout my life expecting or, you know, being so hesitant and skeptical of, of people just because of these isolated circumstances. 
Um, I'd rather be a person that's that's overly trusting and gets taken advantage of than a person who's overly skeptical and misses out on deep relationships. So there's a give and a take. It's beautiful and it's painful. So that's just the tough pill we got to swallow right now. And and you know we went to a church service yesterday, um, in Budapest International Church Service with, with one of our youth youth kids, Reka. And um, you know the message was just so timely and perfect. It was it was the 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 theme was um, you know there's so many instances in our lives where like Satan loses and he doesn't like losing and and. So he'll just he'll just pull every lever that he can. He'll push all of his chips in to try to steal your joy. Because I mean, what's worse than winning a championship and holding up the trophy and then some reporter coming up and just raining on your parade, right? It's like, wait a second, like I don't want to deal with it. I want to hold my trophy up. I want to get to the locker room. I want to pop the champagne and put my you know, put my ski goggles on and like just celebrate. And that's really what we're that's what God wants us to be doing right now. And so it makes sense to me that, as I said earlier, these are not important people. These are people that mattered to us, but they're they're nowhere near, you know, the Hoini and Gary's, Mickey and Annika's, Geza, the Olikos, Mishi and Silis. They're the Kitties and, you know, the Christians. The Christians and the Dories and the, the people that have lifted us up and been there for us. I mean, the the, the list goes on and on. Milan, Kitty's brother, who was there translating with me at this Ooh, meeting. Yeah. Like, you know, and I told I told Tommy, who it's, it's our friend Kitty's dad. There's a beautiful couple here in the city that we live in. They've taken copper. They've basically adopted copper. And when we're busy working in the, the village, they they take him, they care for him and they're so sad to say goodbye to him, but um, I talked to to him briefly because his son Milan was the one translating, and of course he explained his frustration and <laughs> told me he comes up to me when we dropped Copper off. I think Sunday morning, and he said, "I'm sorry that I'm Hungarian," <laughs> and he was just like pointing to how how often it is in this in this country that there are people that just the, the conditioning, I think of the past where, you know, communism and things played a role where they're just very skeptical. Generally speaking, they're extremely skeptical and they're very defensive. They want to protect what's theirs and they're not afraid to take advantage because I think a lot of the people here might feel like if they don't take advantage of someone, then they're going to get taken advantage of by someone. Yeah. It's kind of a survival mode. And it's also, the fact that Hungarians don't make a lot of money. And so when you put yeah. that into effect, it's I'm going to keep what's mine and guard it with my life. And I'm going to take what I can. and I'm going to guard that with my life and just every man for himself. Yeah. But I said to Tommy, I said, you know what? Like it's a human. Thing. Let's get over this. You know, let's let's um let's move forward because for every, you know, Every one person who might seek to, here in Hungary, for every one person who might seek to take advantage of us, we have five or ten faces and names looking back at us who have supported us, who have championed us, who have shown up to change flat tires and yep. translate for phone bills and translate speeding tickets and and helped pack up apartments and all that stuff. And so, like, that's just so amazing and beautiful. And that... that that's the that's the truth of the situation. Um, 
So, you know, there have been so many beautiful moments for me, not too many painful moments of the past month. Um, <laughs> I, I, of course, second what Sarah said about the farewells. It's, it was gut-wrenching to say goodbye to our youth our youth group on Wednesday night. Um, I gave, I gave one of my, just, just one of my proudest moments was being able to lead and guide a young a teenager. Her name's Layla. She was one of my students at the school and she's one of the, the, the kids that volunteers at the cafe. And, um, I'm just so proud of her and she has a special place in my heart and this kid's just so special and, uh, she doesn't share a lot of emotions. She's a pretty reserved kid, but I gave her a big hug uh, outside her house on Saturday night. We had to bring some tips to her that she earned. Um, she had worked a few hours and she forgot to bring them home. And I glanced out of the side of my kind of out of my my big hug. I glanced out of the side of my eye. I saw tears forming in the edges of her eyes, and that was a painful and beautiful moment for me because. Um, she won't tell me, you know, how much our relationship has meant, but I know it's meant a lot to her. And just like it's meant a lot to us. Yeah. And I'm thankful that she gets to keep working with Mishi and she gets to be, she will always be one of the first. She was the first student to give money into the, the envelope when we were praying and raising funds within the youth group for the second half of the upstairs youth center funding. She was the first. She was the first to come and serve in the cafe. She was the first employee, technically. No, not employee. Volunteer. I mean, yeah, be careful. I don't want the Hungarian police knocking <laughs> on their door. She is a volunteer. But she, she's just, yeah. That was that was painful. Um, because she's an example of everything that we strive to accomplish in the youth community yep. of Tatar Senjerj. Um, and she's not alone. There's a few others that we're just so proud of. Um, yep. so speaking of funding for the upstairs, yeah, that has some good, if we want to transition into the good, yeah, the, last month, the beautiful, beautiful, yeah, the beautiful, yeah, yeah. Well, um, the youth center is, is almost finished. And I say finished because it's it's a space where multiple gatherings have taken place. Yeah. Um, it's usable, but if you're talking about fully, fully yeah, everything touched up and finished and installed. We got to finish the bathroom. Yep. Henrik's, Henrik's working hard to get that bathroom done um, this week. Um, yep. There was a... Yeah, and then we got to redo the flooring in the second bedroom somebody uh somebody did the, laid the flooring wrong and it looks good but there's definitely there's some spaces where water or spilled drinks might get in and cause big or, problems and yeah that person was me but yep. you know all right uh, happens it happens yes but no um henrik and i worked super hard uh early in november for two weeks straight, we grinded like every single day. We worked unreal hours. Mishi helped with some paint. We had our friends from Adara. Abraham came. Um, they they served and helped for a day, and 
helped move us from one phase to the next. And good youth boys helping you for any. We had a youth group. All the guys were sanding, and you know, we had some of the guys help me lay some flooring, and it was just the flooring in that in that bedroom, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's a team building experience. Yeah, exactly. They don't know it has to be redone. But yeah, so the youth center is is I'll say it's done. Um, there's definitely stuff. The kitchen needs some installation and some stuff, but even that, I mean, even that's a beautiful thing. A couple of weeks ago, Mickey sent us an email and said, there's a, there's a ministry, a big ministry in Hungary called Word of Life that they have an annual mission conference and they, they chose our youth ministry in the village to raise funding for. And, uh, I don't think they knew it, but we, we needed, we needed, a. It's crazy. I mean, you always think like, no, we don't need, I was just talking to Mike a couple of weeks ago and he's like, what do you, what more do you need? And I'm like, on one hand, nothing like structurally, like functionally, this space is done. Like, you know, Mike uh, Crawford's, uh, the you know, blocks, like you guys have done more than enough. We don't, we don't need anything more. You guys have all like functionally the space is done. Like, but it's, there's always extra stuff. It's crazy. Like, um, you know, like decorations, interior design, um, making the space warm, you know, electrical stuff, like doing kind of, what kind of lighting do you want? Well, you know, she had a drawing machine, wash the kids. Yeah, like, the stuff adds up. So, like, now it's just a time for extras. Um, and uh, so this Word of Life grant came, and, and it looks like it's going to be something around, like, $5,000 in the spring. It'll come in, and, you know, it's just... It's so cool. It was like it was like once again. It's 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 like the week after the funding runs out, God already has, He's already prepared a way. So, and this is something I've really prayed for is to find a Hungarian partner. Yep. To invest resources into one or or, or multiple ministries that we've helped with, namely the cafe and the youth programs, and that's something we've had a really difficult time. Like, I mean, difficult like. We haven't we haven't found any um, outside of Mishi and Geza and the team's resourcefulness um, and some some labor you know structural engineers architects like that kind of those kind of um, services have been given for free and that's been I mean extremely helpful but in terms of like hey we're we're raising X amount of money for we need new coffee equipment or we need uh, we need heating for the upstairs. Uh, for the kids. We, yeah, it, it's just, it's been like really hard to get local partners to pitch in. And, you know, that's for a number of reasons. We're not bitter about that. It's just the way it's gone. And so this was like actually a really big deal to have Word of Life step in and mm -hmm. reach out to Mickey and, and have our team be a part of a meeting with them and their digital team and kind of tell the story together. And it's just, it's really cool. So um, the upstairs is is a miracle. Um, it's a genuine miracle. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of stories. I've shared this story, um, throughout you know, many times, but basically it started with a couple of golf balls, front yard of Sarah's parents' house a year and a half ago. And that led to a relationship with Mike Flory and custom built over the summer. It's a friendship that will last a lifetime. Um, he, he leveraged everything he possibly could within a busy season to put together some 
core group of, of Christian business leaders in the mid-Michigan area that stepped up to give us the first half of the funding we needed about one year ago, almost to the day, Christmas time of, of 2022. At the Blocks House, there was a massive um, outpouring of generosity that helped us get going. Mishi found, um, Mishi suggested that one of his good friends, Henrik, would be the man for the job. Um, we thought we're at least getting a good tradesman, a guy that can do the job, quality, and, and he's not going to, you know, take five years and 50 million forints to do it. And we never thought that we would get a friend and uh, a brother mm -hmm. like this guy who has become a part of our family. I mean, he's a guy that's part of the village, the, part of the, village. the whole team. Um, and his work, I mean, the the decisions that Mishi and Henrik have made to keep things economical, yep. to do more research, not to make quick purchases, the the budget, they came in $200 over budget. I mean, it's unbelievable for a $35,000 project that's unbelievable. Um, so that just shows you the kind of job they did. Um, over the summer, when the first um, half of funding from from our Christmas dinner with the custom built and when that money ran out our youth group started to pray and we passed a an old torn up laptop case around week after week in the months of may and june of this year and the kids gave change they skipped uh, their daily energy drinks to to give into the giving fund and we prayed and held our fish and loaves up to jesus and a team from one of our local church partners in mid-michigan came and one unbelievable um one one unbelievable move of generosity from one person allowed that second half of funding to come in and and that got us to the finish line and the finish line came um just before thanksgiving of this year so just just a couple weeks ago which is so cool because um the last the Essentially, when the building downstairs, the cafe space downstairs was finished, or at least usable, maybe not detail, like I said, but um, everything everything was done structurally, uh, that was the week before Thanksgiving of last year. And so our first event, our gathering in that space, in the cafe space, was a large Thanksgiving dinner with our youth group. And then... And then, yeah, then <laughs> we had a uh, we had our first gathering in the upstairs for Thanksgiving dinner. Yep. And it makes me think of that Bible verse. Um, and I always mix it up, but you, you enter into you enter His gates with praise, and enter into His courts with praise, and you enter into His gates with thanksgiving. I think it is. And it's just like entering into God's presence with praise on our lips and thanksgiving in our hearts. Yep. And um, I don't think that's coincidence. I think that's God's timing. Of course, on our end, humanly speaking, we had to push some things. We had to make give some nudges. But I think God had in his eye for many years the idea. And he was looking for some people that he could put together at just the right time to bring his idea to life, to bring to bring these facilities to this village, um, to be a real testimony to what he's able to do. Um and it just move it, it's moving for me to see 
um, how much God cares for the poor and the compassion that's poured out from Jesus through these really uh, unbelievable and miraculous pieces of this great big puzzle that has led to a real, I don't know, we're, we're starting to look at, I wouldn't say revival, but there's a real awakening that's happening in the village. Um, I mean, yeah, just, I hate numbers and statistics, but just in the past month, um, there have been six people in the village that have made decisions for Christ, three of which are um, have have decided, and I, when I say it, decisions for Christ, I mean like after months of conversation and thinking and a lot of experiences, a lot of observations in these people's lives, they've decided that th- that God exists. And after a lot of curiosity and doubts and some exploration, it seems they've come to a decision in their minds and hearts that um, that the God that they choose to put their faith in, uh, his name is Jesus, and he's the Son of God. And when I say it's moving to see God's compassion for the poor, it's moving to see how Jesus cares for the poor. And we've worked with some really poor people. And the last couple of weeks, I've been able to speak in front of our youth group. Um, in front of village leaders. In front of the village leaders. Um, A seventh grade class or eighth grade class? In front of students. I've had mm-hmm. three, at least three opportunities uh, where this theme that God's put on my heart has come to the surface. And it's the, the reality that there's, there are poor people and there are rich people in this world. And there are physically poor people, and there are spiritually poor people. And there are spiritually rich people, and there are physically rich people. And uh, I've just been thinking a lot about this lately. And I was reminded of a story of when I was a kid, and we spent a Christmas huddled around an oven in our kitchen. And my not because my parents were lazy, because there was just, it was a hard year. It was a hard year for our family. And it's so crazy. Like, I don't remember the big presents that I got. I don't remember all the family gatherings where we got a thousand different new things and blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember the way the food tasted. I remember this one Christmas when instead of going on our our annual tree cutting experience, we didn't have much money. And we painted a tree on some poster board, hung it on the wall. And that was the same year that we were... Many times we were huddled around the oven for heat. I remember when a certain couple showed up with two big old bags of Christmas presents and dropped them outside the door anonymously on Christmas morning. I just remember that experience. That's one of the experiences that has marked me around Christmas time. Um, And Sarah and I, even the first year that we were married, we painted a Christmas tree together at our condo in Lansing. And gosh, we'll just carry that tradition forever. And I shared that story for the youth group and for the local leaders to just kind of draw their hearts and and even you guys listening, like to draw your hearts um, back to like the reality that in the world that we're living right now, 
there are there are people who are they have everything they need and more they have pockets full of cash and beautiful cars and huge houses but they're so unhappy and they're missing so much and they don't know how to find they don't know how to fill the gap that they know exists inside of them and they've tried the cash they've tried the cars they've tried the vacations and the houses and the stuff and it's just not enough and people get really good at burying that and just finding shortcuts to not have to deal with that reality but it takes its toll over time and it's been a really powerful experience here in Hungary to work with physically poor people Mm -hmm. people who have nothing but are so spiritually rich like I know that a lot of our youth kids, they're they're not Christians, you know, they haven't made decisions for Jesus. They really, they they've bumped up against him. They haven't really seen him for who he truly is. But, but I think they're so rich because they don't need stuff. They don't need everything the world has to offer. They just need kindness and hope and compassion. And those are the things that that drive them. Those are the things that cause them to come to our youth groups, you know, every week. Um, and so even this recent experience with our landlords, it's just a reminder, another another, another tributary that flows from this river that God's been dropping on my heart lately that these guys are just really poor in spirit. They're really, really rich. They're building a new house. They have a wonderful company. You know, they've done generous things for us, but ultimately what wins the day in their hearts is greed. And to, to be rich in the eyes of the world. And um, I'm grateful because, you know what, like this, to the point that we're at in life is like, wow, before Hungary, uh, I know this is turning into a sermon, guys, but like before Hungary, I was really attached to stuff. Sarah knows I was buying way too many shoes. <laughs> Still struggle with shoes. But like, weakness. but all the stuff we've given away, all the things that we've donated, all the things that we've let go of, knowing it's going to cost us a lot, probably weeks of stress, <laughs> we gave it away anyways. And I'm grateful that we can, Mark, we can say confident that our, our marriage, our family, we're, 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 right now we're physically not poor coffers. Sorry if you hear that snorting in the background. It's our dog who's snuggling on my leg, uh, dreaming. So he's so precious. Yeah, he really is. Bang. Too bad he doesn't know what's coming for him the next couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody pray for Copper. Yeah. Big airplane ride. He'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be just fine. And he will love living at my parents' house. Yeah. It's really amazing. So, yeah. To tie that all up, I just wanted to share that theme, I guess, that's been on my heart lately. It's just, hey, everybody out there, do what we've been doing. Ask yourself this question this Christmas season. Are you are you physically rich but spiritually poor? And uh, is, there, is there a conversation that you could have with somebody in your life? Is there someone there? who you would say is spiritually rich and doesn't really care about being physically poor that you could reach out to and have a chat with because this is this is the time of year to do it 
Christmas is such a season of hope. We've been thinking about that word a lot lately, mm-hmm. too, because of our youth group. Which Ethan, is called Hope Youth Group. I don't know if we mentioned that too much, but just yeah, clarifying. There was a... I sent out a... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a, a blog, the last blog. Right, yeah. Guys, check it out. If you'd like to know more about our youth group, you can check out our recent update post on our website. But, yeah, hope. Mm-hmm. Even throwing it around. Um, with we're, we're, we're messing around with names for our... Our little girl. Just hope has just been such a word for us. Simple word. It was the word of the sermon on Sunday, even before it's. It's Advent season. It's yeah. Hope, hope and joy. Yep. And like yesterday, that part of the the message that that I listened to was like, wow, how easily it is for these little things to come along in your life. Big things happen for sure. Some of us are dealing with really big things really, really painful and difficult things. But I think most of us, we get taken out really easy with like our hope and our joy. We yep. we can lose a whole of our hope and joy so quickly. And it takes us a couple days to wake up from it and I'm just, where the heck did that joy go? How did I lose that joy? And um, yeah, so... Let's get our joy back. Yeah, I miss it. Let's get our joy back, guys. Um, so a great joy for me came, uh, for us, came on Monday. We were, this past Monday, um, one week ago, gosh, mm-hmm. we were invited by our good friends Gary and Amoyne, um to be judges at a village talent show. Yeah, and to clarify also, I was, this is funny actually, I was first invited by Hoiny. Like just, she, she mentioned it to me on, you know, December, I think it's 6th. Are you free? You know, I looked, yeah, yeah, free. Yeah, we're having a talent, we're having a village talent show and we, we want judges. It looks, I think, um, Gary's going to do it. I think Juji, Mayor's wife is going to do it, you know, so, um, and you and Cullen would be the other judges. Well, you know, Cullen wasn't there at the time when I accepted this invitation. And fast forward until like two weeks ago, maybe maybe three, um, Hoiny goes, you guys can come to that, right? I was like, oh, I didn't tell Cullen. And he's like, what is this thing that we're doing? What did you volunteer me for? And uh, I, I said, it's some talent, village talent show, and you, me, Gary, and Juji will be judges. Ah, I don't want to do it. I, you guys can do it. It just seems like a lot. Um, I, ju- I just don't, uh, I don't know. I can be there, but you guys do it. No, no, no. We already, we already committed. It's only, you know, two-ish weeks away. Just come. Okay, fine, fine. That was the, that was how it kind of played out until about two weeks ago. So we get there, in my opinion, late. It was right at six o'clock. That was when it was supposed to start. Um, But we're judges, right? So in my opinion, being there when it starts is probably not uh, on time. (laughs) And uh, for any of those who are Hungarians listening, kind of par for the course for us because we are usually late. Or here. Yeah. 
uh, here. We're not so bad in the U.S. I think maybe because we drive separately a lot of places so that we don't have to rely on two people to, to be on time at the same time with one car. But anyway, um, so we pull up like right at six. And I, I'm a little bit stressed. I get a little bit more stressed at being late than Colin does just internally. And I'm like, okay, let's get in there. And then we are out. We see a couple people lingering outside. And Henrik and his wife are there, the builder and his wife. And both of us thought kind of the same thing at the same time of like, why is Henrik here? He doesn't live in the village. He's not going to be in the talent show. He's not a... Oh, this isn't a talent show. No. Oh, We've been lied to. They lied to us. So um, we walk in and it is full of the people that we love in that village, the people we've worked with. And it is a going away party for us, a surprise going away party for us, organized by the lovely Pointy with helpers, of course. Yeah. But... That was really quite overwhelming. That was one of the biggest joys of our past couple weeks here. Um, we the the mayor spoke, and um, multiple people came up and shared stories and thank yous and gifts and um, just really. There's quite a few tears flowing, not on my part, if any of you know me, but everybody else's part. Um, and one of the things that was really really special for us was that the mayor gave us a commendation, I guess, that's the best word, or a certificate of service. Um, it's the highest uh, honor that the village can give. Yep. Yep, a certificate of service to the village with medals, with the coat of arms of Tatar Sinjurj there on it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it, it makes us essentially kind of, not full citizens, but like honorary citizens of the village. Forever. So that was incredibly, incredibly special for us. Overwhelming, really, the whole evening. It was, me for me to say it was overwhelming is a lot. <laughs> I don't get overwhelmed by emotions a lot. And it, it was incredibly beautiful. And that, there's no words that the yeah. evening. Ah. Yeah. And then after, I mean... Dozens of people, one by one, all the teachers in the school were there to support and say goodbye. The principal, through tears, gave us the most creative, the tiny little, um, like bowl sized Hungarian bograch, which that's a huge cauldron yeah. we've mentioned. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that's where you cook outdoors. Oh. Literally. Gary gave us this super special and personal, like, electrical unit that has this beautiful illustration of he's an electrician a connector and he's an electrician so it was personal for him and so Giza um Giza gave Giza gave a overwhelming a speech to us and said the words your mission is accomplished mm-hmm. mission accomplished and uh to sense like his pride in us and like to know that the reason we came was to serve Kazan Ildikov, to know that at the end of these two and a half years, that the words that he's spoken over us are that our mission is accomplished. Yeah, that's that's what we needed. And the the mayor said something that 
I couldn't hold back. I couldn't keep myself together because many of you guys have been reading. Those of you who've read emails and our update posts and heard our podcast over the past year, you know that the theme has really just been to to leave Tothar Sendir better than we found it. And that's kind of a, a more simple way of saying, um, let heaven come to earth. Let heaven come to Tothar Sendir as it is in heaven. Let it be in Tatar Sindirj as it is in heaven. And in simpler terms, Sarah, let's leave this place better than we found it. That's the conversation we've been having. And I don't know if Mayor Yoshi read that stuff. He speaks <laughs> some English or not. But what he said was, you have left this place better than you found it. And because of that, we want to award you with the, we want to honor you in this way. Um, but at the end of the night, uh, our dear and precious Henrik, who, as I shared a lot about him, one thing I haven't shared is that over the past months, I've had many times we usually carpool together, and I've asked him, Henrik, when when will you be ready to step step into a relationship with Jesus? I want to see your face in heaven, basically. Well, at the end of the evening, he asked Ildiko to, to translate something for me, a special message he had for me. And he said, I had two sisters. Still have two sisters, but, <laughs> but I always wanted a brother. And through tears, he said, in Colin, I finally, I finally found a brother. And he is a real brother for me. I really see him as, as my brother. And immediately when I heard that, the, the only thing to say was him was, Henrik, I am your brother. You are my brother. But I don't just want to be a brother here on earth. I want to be your brother forever. Yeah. And I asked him through Ildiko, who so graciously translated everything. I said, are you ready? Are you ready to step into heaven and start a new and, and true relationship with your Lord and Savior? And he said yes. And his wife stood next to him. Gaza, Nildiko, and I, we all locked arms. I prayed for him. I prayed with him. He made a decision to to turn the keys of his life over and start a new relationship with Jesus that's been in a work, something that's been making for many months and years. And that happened in front of the all of the leaders of the village. It was in the corner of the, the library where we met. It was the the greatest gift of that evening and the greatest gift that I could receive in our time here in Hungary in confirmation that the upstairs youth center was never just about the next generation of the village, but it was God's plan. It was God's project to reach this broken man uh, and to, to, to bring him back to his original design. And the next day I met him at the Hungarian Home Depot. It's called Obi. And I wish you guys could have just witnessed the joy that he had, the way he's just chatting with all of the workers and top of the morning to you. And mm -hmm. you know, how, how's everything going? How's the family? His eyes were clear. He was not stressed. He wasn't looking away. He, I mean, this guy, it was unbelievable to witness. And that was just, I mean, that was the greatest joy uh, of all. That was an unbelievable night. That will remember forever. One of the greatest days of my entire life was was last Monday. Um. And now, guys, uh, 
that was so much. We packed a lot in, and I, I enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Helped yeah. me a lot. <laughs> At like 15, 15, 20 minutes, we were talking and shared already quite a few stories, and I was like, uh-oh. How are we going to find time to fill this? And sure enough, we're at we're at our hour mark. One cones. Well, I mean, I can have my time. That's not what I was I don't saying, have a but you talking. said it. <laughs> but we filled it. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, gosh, can't wait to see so many of you, um, Hungarian listeners. We already miss you so much. Yeah, so much. American listeners, we can't wait to see you. Um, Hungarian and Americans, thank you for everything. Thank you so much for everything. Not enough time to say all the names. Um, to close this episode, um, I've recently heard this really special Hungarian song, and it, it's really special. It's beautiful. If you guys go on YouTube, you look up the name of this song is Egnek Afenyek. Egnek Afenyek. Make it easy for <laughs> And the, the English translation of the song is Lights Are Shining. And last night we had an Advent ceremony in the school gymnasium and the whole village stood and sang the song together. And so to close this episode, um, I just wanted to read it for you guys. Is there going to sing it? I, I will sing <laughs> it, but I I, uh, I need some more time to practice. Okay, fair enough. So they might cut this up so early if I start seeing it. And it doesn't really sing in English either. So yeah. that would be interesting. Maybe I can sing the chorus. Oh. I'll try it. In English. Ma'am. Oh, in Hungarian. But then you have to say it in English anyway. A kapu bonzeng a shok enak masanon utazik azi ilat. Yep. That was pretty good, but not perfectly. Yeah. There you go, guys. <laughs> no, but seriously, let's say let's close this episode. Um, for our Hungarian listeners, I would like to read it in Hungarian, and then Sarah will read it in English. And then we'll say goodbye. So. Egnek Afenyek. We'll do it just chorus by chorus, okay? Oh, like, okay, got it. Harang Chendul Avaroshban. Sh'edj Anjal Ara Ebred. Oid Eltavet Itlen Afuldun. Nehain Pitsin Lelak. Bells ring in the city, and an angel wakes to a few lost souls getting lost here in Earth. She toyed hozon meleg shaget, urumut a napnek had legend meet tovab adni fervnek a fellashegnek. They hurry to bring warmth and joy to the people, let them have something to give on to husband and wife. Karachon van azt beszélik, hogy a csodak. Léteznek, és a csodod, csod aknak hagy a szívedben még egy kis helyet. It's Christmas, and they say that miracles are, are real, and leave a little space to miracles in your heart. Égnek a fények égnek, égnek az égig elérnek, a kapuban zég a sok ének. 
Masanon utazik az élet. The festive lights are shining, they are shining. Shining they reach the sky. The gates are full of singing. Today life travels in a sleigh. Egnek a fények, égnek, égnek az égig elérnek. Minden ifjúnak s flénnek, gazdagnak és szegénynek. The festive lights are shining, they are shining, shining they reach the sky, for all old and young, rich and poor. Ho takarja be festi fehérre, az évnek gondjait nem tűnik már olyan rossznak, hogy olykor nem vagy itt. Snow covers, paints this year's problems to white. It's not that bad anymore that you're no longer with me. Zöldel a fenyő ügy, ahogy meg, ahogy még nem láttam soha, azt hiszem az élet több-e. Nem lehet most oha. The pines are blooming like I've never seen it before. I think that life can't be that awful anymore. Karacson van azt beszélik, hogy a csodak léteznek, és a csodaknak hagy a szívedben még egy kis helyet. It's Christmas and they say that miracles are real, and leave a little space for miracles in your heart. Égnek a fények égnek, égnek az égig elérnek, a kapuban zeng a sok ének, ma szanon utazik az élet. The festive lights are shining, they are shining, shining they reach the sky. The gates are full of singing, today life travels on a sleigh. Égnek a fények égnek, égnek az égig elérnek, minden ifjúnak s vénynek, gazdagnak és szegénynek. The festive lights are shining, they are shining, shining they reach the sky, for all old and young, rich and poor. Aldasht. Big Blessings and peace.